Morning, team. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to uh, Thursday morning on LBC 97.3. It's nice to have you company. The Curse of the X Factor with, uh, with Talisa. Harry Redknapp and his heart-op scare. He's had a couple of stents put in. Oh, dear. Talk about over-egging the pudding. It's ridiculous. They say last night, recovering after heart surgery. You, you, I promise you, you hardly need to recover after stents. Because all stents are, they're little, um, they look like a little sort of spring-loaded thing. They do different ones for diabetics. And as you know, I've been through the procedure. I've got four in. I know somebody who's got ten stents in. So Harry Redknapp's two. <laughs> Almost puts him in the girly bracket, as far as I'm concerned. And so they, they, they put them in, and immediately it opens up a blocked artery, and the blood flows through, and you, you can walk out the next day. They monitor you overnight. So they say here, recovering after heart surgery. All you do is you just leave. I was back at work within about a week, I think. But, but there's no recovery because the, the recovery is instant. It's like having a blocked drain and then an unblocked drain and, uh, and works beautifully. So uh, anyway, apart from that, it's nice to have you company. I trust you are well this morning. Uh, the big winter freeze is... Uh, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to log off the computer. Is, uh, is around the corner. They say next week, this week, wet, wet, wet. And which sounds like the title of a group. And next week, it's going to be cold, cold, cold. But I don't mind cold, cold, cold. Bieber's baby is all over the papers today. Do you seriously believe that somebody like Justin Bieber is actually... Get, do you think that... I looked at a picture of the girl, and apparently it was, it was quite normal at the, uh, at the concerts for the... And this, is, and this, again, is nothing new, because I was reminded that it used to happen with Elvis Presley. And the security would go found... They, they, they would find attractive girls, and they would go, would you like to meet Elvis Presley? Or, in this case, would you like to meet Justin Bieber? And you'd go backstage, and, and you would meet Justin Bieber. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think it makes any difference whether, whether somebody's attractive or they're not attractive. Because you do, you do sort of worry that they're only picking attractive people. Uh, Elvis Presley used to really want attractive people to look at. Tom Jones only wanted attractive people in, in the front row. And they used to do the same, I think, on, on the Tom Jones. And then Tom got a little bit funny about fans, because, you know, they used to throw knickers. I've never understood why you'd want to throw your underwear at somebody, but there you go. And, um, and people used to throw underwear at Tom Jones, and he was going, yeah, very nice indeed, but, you know, I'd rather... And then they made a list. The fan club were given a list of things that Tom would accept as gifts. Towels, cigars, stuff like... You know, useful things. You know, I ask for £50 notes. It's never happened in my entire life. You know, I get sent all sorts of things, as you can well imagine, as do loads of people. Uh, and I don't know what people would throw at Justin Bieber, and he looks about 12 to me. But uh, they now say that uh, in this moment of passion, which lasted all of 30 seconds, over very, very quickly, and he didn't want to use a condom, and, as I say, it, it, it's either going to be a serious story or she's a total fantasist. And uh, she said, oh, I want DNA testing and all this kind of thing. The trouble is, I suppose some people would like to... Because that's what most fans would want, isn't it? I know it seems a little bit bizarre, but most fans of somebody would, would you know, if you were a fan of Justin Bieber or Tom Jones, you'd, you'd quite like the idea that you could go out with them. That, that, that would be something very nice, to actually go out with a fan. Have you ever been out with a, with, a, with a person that you admired? Obviously, in the real world, it's probably a little bit more difficult, I should imagine. 84850, uk. Uh, we shall cross to Cyprus later on. Amazing how many people like Pippa Middleton... Everybody going, Pippa Middleton, yeah. In fact, I could tell you somebody this morning went, Pippa Middleton, cool. And uh, Hugh Grant, he's now out with another woman, aged 21. He quite clearly likes a certain sort of woman. Uh, this is a jazz singer. 
that uh, he's going out with now, or a burlesque artiste. Well, I thought burlesque was completely different. I thought burlesque was a little bit Dita Von Tees, which is a bit like boo boo bee Perhaps she sings jazz and then sort of boo boo bee doo at the same time while sitting in a giant wine glass. I think it's a little bit unlikely, but there you go. And uh, and he's and he's got the uh, the baby with the other girlfriend, which is quite nice at fifty one. He's obviously desperate to to have a have a child. And surprise, surprise, he has uh, he has got one. They were talking on the news. Rupert was talking about is English food the healthiest in the UK. So you look at Cornish pasty, which is high in saturated fats and can contain trans fats, which are bad for the heart. Should be freshly made with diced or minced beef and vegetables such as onions, potato and swede. They used to have a place in Fleet Street <clears throat> when we were down there years and years ago called Gloriettes. And Gloriettes was, a, I suppose, the, the forerunner to Patisserie Valerie. They used to do the best pasties you've ever had in your life. I mean, these things. They either did a small pasty, which was like, pff, who cares? And then there was the giant pasty. And at lunchtime, that people would queue up for soup and everything. Oh, it was just the best pasty. It had the right amount of meat, the right amount of onions, swede, potato. It was absolutely delicious. But when you picked it up off the paper, the fat and the grease that came off it. But the, but the pastry was really nice. It was, it was sort of, I don't know what the pastry was, but it was delicious. And then they opened a sandwich bar around the corner. And that became so popular. And every day we would have a sandwich. They didn't use butter or spread, or anything like that. They would put lettuce and uh, chicken or whatever it was, and they used to have thousands of little pots of crispy bacon, which they would pour. Oh, it was just delicious. Everybody made sal- you know, something delightful about either soup or a sandwich. So the other stuff that we have, Stilton cheese, even higher in saturated fat than cheddar, is blue Stilton. Uh, Colchester oysters... A high risk of food poisoning, as they're typically served raw, but they're very high in zinc, which is excellent for the immune system. Cottage pie, made from minced beef, which tends to be the fattiest type. Uh, The good news is the carrots contain beta-carotene, an antioxidant that cleans bad chemicals in the body. The potatoes are full of fibre. Pie and mash. Pie pastry, very fatty. That's on the downside. But the upside is the filling should be lean meat. Better to ditch the soggy bit at the bottom and just eat the crust. Full of protein and contains vegetables. Roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding, not so great, as it's made from batter. The good news is roast beef, good for you, being a source of protein and iron. And so, so it goes through, looking at all our favourite things like Bakewell tart, Eaton mess. They say, I mean, Eaton mess. I'll tell you exactly what Eaton mess is. It's meringue and cream and strawberries, and you just make layer upon layer upon layer upon layer, and it's absolutely delicious. And they say here, high in sugar and saturated fat. It's like overloaded with sugar, because it's meringue. However, they say, the strawberries are high in vitamin C, good for the immune system. <laughs> but there's hardly that many strawberries in there. Strawberry juice, uh, there's crushed up strawberries. Devon cream tea. Fruit scones are better for you than uh, sultanas and dried fruit, which provide the body with fibre. That's OK, isn't it? So, English food, pretty healthy. They don't mention, as you can well imagine, the full fry-up. They do mention the Birmingham Balti, which they say tends to be swimming in oil, which will bump up the calories considerably. Uh, Because of the cast iron dish it's cooked in, it comes with a very high iron content, which helps people who are anemic, usually contains fresh tomatoes, full of uh, uh, lycopene, and lowers the risk of heart disease. Because that's all you want to do nowadays, isn't it? Just want to lower the risk of of anything happening. There's a a ghastly... I heard um, Christo talking about this gang earlier on. This is uh, the Dirty Divas. Why are all these girl gangs ugly? Why are they always ugly? These ones 
were teenage girls who turned the town's bus station into a no-go zone. They congregated after school. They were often drunk. They would swear at passengers, play football in the shelter, ram kiosks and terrorise elderly passers-by. So here are the uglies in the paper today, named and shamed. They've all been given serious asbos. Alicia Khan, a big embarrassment to her family. Not one of the ugliest. Cerise Dalton is really ugly. And uh, she's been given a one-year restraining order. Carmen Julian looks a bit like a bloke. Uh, banned from the station, a two-year ASBO. They were really vile. And even though Christo said earlier on, but they're girls, these are vile. The, you know what they are. You don't have to look at Jenna Crossley to realise what the face of ugliness is. And here it is. Jamie Jones, two-year ASBO. Jenna Crossley, two-year ASBO. The people around there are delighted. To be honest with you, they're so ugly, I wish this programme was transmitted to them so that they could appreciate just how ugly we think they are. Perhaps it's only ugly people that riot. It's just, oh my goodness me, who's that? Oh, this is the girl who claims she romped with Justin Bieber. She's a former clerk, Mariah Yita, and uh, she's ignoring her plea. Uh, oh, she, she alleges that the singer, Justin Bieber, is ignoring her plea to support some Tristan Anthony, who is now three months old. Isn't it funny that, so she's had the baby, and he's now three months old, and now she's coming forward. Now, I'm not saying that people tell fibs, but they do, of course, uh, about about having relationships with, with rock and pop stars. But Justin Bieber's mum is an evangelical Christian. Mind you, actually, on reflection, I don't think that's an excuse anymore. I don't think that's an excuse. I think it's really... Perhaps it's, it's repression. Perhaps, he's, perhaps, he's, perhaps you need to regress him or something like that. His, his camp, in inverted commas, are strenuously denying it and saying it's absolutely ludicrous, which is almost a bit like looking at a picture of my... God, she's looking peculiar these days. Poor Katie Price, who's launching her new book called Santa Baby. She's not written a word of it, of course, as you can well imagine. She said, uh, I think I'll bring out our book every 18 months, which is nice, isn't it? Because she still still hasn't quite grasped the English language. And uh, she says, I'm I'm happy to be single again. Do you know, if we've heard that once, we've heard... I think she... Do you know, I've come to the conclusion, I think she's a robot. I don't think she's real at all. I think that she sits there and somebody sitting near her pushes a button or a remote and she goes, because the press always get it wrong, because she's... I mean, she really is dim. And and so she turned up looking a bit like, again, the last turkey in the shop for Christmas. It's it's a shame that it opens its mouth and it's it's just... It's just awful. And so she's, she's, she's got this book, Santa Baby, and she's got another book coming out. And um, it, it's so funny because they're not her books. She doesn't write a word. She can't write a word. She can't even string two words together, let alone write the blooming things. But they give her coverage on this morning. And you think, shouldn't Philip Schofield, you know, turn round and say to her, I'm sorry, what can you do? What can you do? It's like Graham Norton is, is not claiming responsibility for getting... Um, Nancy Delusional kicked off the Strictly uh, dancing show. He said, I did ask her, he said, what can you do? What, what, what is it you're famous for? And the answer is, she's not famous for anything, apart from Sven Goran Eriksson and Trevor Nunn very briefly. And that's it, that is her claim to fame. The woman with no sex appeal at all on a dance floor, I'm afraid, uh, was sort of reportedly absolutely stunned. Uh, lots of people who were um, trying to flog cakes at Asda... For, uh, for children in need. Some of them, you've got no idea who these people are. I had to look at the pictures. I know who Alicia Dixon is, and that's fine. And there was somebody called Christina uh, Rianoff. I think she's a dancer. And then they had somebody called Lydia Bright. And I had no idea who Lydia Bright was. I looked at the picture thinking, who on earth are you? She looked a bit tarty, a bit bleach blonde. Turned out to be one of the girls from The Only Way is Essex. And uh, I think tarty kind of sums them up, because one of them is on the front of the Daily Star 
going to prove that um, really the the uh, the Sam and Billy for ears girls aren't at all attractive. I've never seen anything like it. And of course, they face one disaster after another. After their stepfather has now been charged over a million pound gold heist, but he's held in custody till January. So no Christmas there, I don't think. Quarter past five. <laughs> These are the headlines. Greece has been told no more cash to sort its money problems until the Greeks themselves decide what help they really want. The ultimatum comes with a warning it could be kicked out of the euro if it doesn't pull its socks up. Fathers for Justice say an official report which rejects plans to give parents equal rights to share custody of their children after a breakup will be catastrophic. The review also calls on developing better ways to bring up children when a court gets involved. And we get more details on the new James Bond film, reportedly called Skyfall, later. It comes 50 years to the day after Sean Connery was unveiled as the first 007. Let's have a check on the road, shall we, where you are? Down in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, it's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Going to stop. Three. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. I do like the uh, the new uh, the new Kate Middleton look. I think she's got some really nice clothes. Very sensible stuff. She's very pretty. He still looks a bit awkward whenever he's doing things. He's sort of, you know, little... flibbity jibbity thing, kind of thing. And, because he was doing a tasting the other day, but, of course, it's very difficult when somebody's going, could you hold it this way? Could you do... It's, he has to pose for everything. It's a bit like, at the moment, Wayne Rooney is doing an advert. To say he's wooden in it would be the understatement of the century. I think he's come from the Vinnie Jones School of Acting. Because Vinnie Jones can't act for toffee, I'm afraid. Just dreadful. It was like they were talking about the girl who plays, I think, Rosie Webster in Coronation Street, who's leaving. And she was doing a scene the other day where this man, who I think could be a murderer in Coronation Street... To be honest with you, I'm not not really up to speed with who he is, but he appears to have come back. Anyway, got into the flat, and he's tied her up to the chair, and she's supposed to be acting frightened. Well, you know, it's absolutely appalling. It's so shoddy, I nearly wrote a letter to Coronation Street saying I'll be so glad when we can get some decent actors and actresses. Because some people just make it look effortless and and other people, you know, sort of just just can't manage it. And I think the trouble is with her, she's had so much publicity about, oh, she's sexy, she's this and that, that it's, it's kind of overshadowed what she does for a living. It's a little bit like Frankie Cocosa, the bloke who can't sing. Oh, is it all right? Oh. So, um... We're coming in here now, is it? Oh, good grief. Brace yourselves. Here we go. And uh, so Frankie... It's no good opening the door quietly. It's a little bit like... Uh, it's going to you know, it's gonna make the noise anyway. And so Frankie Kokoza, the one who can't sing, again, apparently has been carpeted. It's ridiculous. If you're going to make a noise, make a noise. <laughs> um, and uh, Frankie Kokoza uh, has been carpeted because apparently he's had too many of these late nights out and he's spending a lot more time worrying about his sort of love life than than anything else. You're frightening me now. I'm now frightened. <laughs> it's a bit like being in the Disney haunted mansion, you know. The the light. Are you frightened when lights go off? You know, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden lights go off, it's it's pitch. Frightens the life out of me. I'm not good in the dark at all. I remember. <laughs> that doesn't make any difference, does it? Well, you just so you don't bend there. Go on, slap it all around. Um, and I remember we. I used to have it at a disco years ago, and on Halloween, we used to put bits of cotton hanging down from the ceiling. So as people walk through it, it just brushed. And it's a bit like going through a spider's web, and you go, is the spider still on me? And I remember sitting in the car once, bye. And, um, very quietly done, very professional. And, and, I, and I walked through, <laughs> past the patio in the morning, to go downstairs to get in the car. And I walked through a spider's web. 
and I could feel it, and, and I get in the car, and I'm thinking, oh, sp-. and then I felt the spider crawling up the back of my neck. I nearly went, uh, I nearly threw myself out the car window, so I had to get my, my hanky, I got, and I'm fought- I did kill it. I, had to- I couldn't have it crawling up my neck into my hair. It would drive me mad. So I-, I did kill it. But ever since then, I've had this fear of spiders. If I walk through a spider's web, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. And I have to look in windows to make sure that there's nothing... See- I have this vision of some enormous thing sitting on the front of my head, just about ready to eat me. And so I, I get very frightened with things like that. But it's, it's not often... You get frightened by things like that. Have you got these things? Where- I mean, not- I'm not talking about pigeon phobia or things. You know, some people get a bit panicky over pigeons or cutlery, surprisingly cutlery. And, and budgerigars. People get funny about budgerigars. Clowns. Do you remember we had a short while ago? Clowns. But spiders, I've never quite understood. I don't like spiders. I don't, I, somebody was afraid of jam who wrote into us. Have you ever heard of... Oh, no, marmalade, wasn't it? That was jam. Have you ever heard of anybody being afraid of jam? I mean, I've, I've never heard it so stupid in my life. I, quite like, I used to like, when I used to go away to hotels years and years ago, and they'd give you the little jams for breakfast in the little pots, I used to take them. I used to pinch them, because I used to think, quite, I never used them, because I'm not, I'm not big into jam. We used to have lemon curd and we had marmalade for breakfast, but I don't think I ever bothered. My dad used to love marmalade. Rose's lime marmalade, or my mum, I think, had an attempt at making it once, and it was this uh, orange thick-cut marmalade. Some people are very good at baking. Um, unfortunately, I'm not one of them. I inherited nothing from my parents. I think my father could just about open a tin of soup. And if the worst came to the worst, he, he could probably throw some sort of meal together. Whereas my mum baked, cooked, did everything. You know, really was really was very, very good at things like that. But then she came from that period when domestic science was kind of like top of everybody's class. Um, they had a radio conference the other day. And uh, strangely enough, uh, what they were saying uh, is there aren't enough women on the radio. And and they're, and they're they're probably right, but unfortunately, and here is the here is the the crux of the whole thing: women listening to the radio, unless it's a specific women's program, don't tend to like listening to other women. And so the the bigger audiences, sort of, I mean, I feel dreadful saying it. I mean, I really do feel, but it's been proven over the years that if you look at the audience figures for for a, a female presenter. They will always be, in most cases, dwarfed by the male. Because the majority of women listening to the radio don't like listening to women unless it's women's issues. But if it's, if it's just a straightforward programme, they'd rather hear a man presenting. I don't know why. I wish I could understand it. Because I never quite understood that if somebody was on the television and then they were dropped from, from the television, why radio would pick them up. Because I'm assuming that if, if people didn't like you on the television, they're not going to like you anymore on the radio. And that's why you get a lot of people on the radio who stay on the radio and they don't end up on the television. Whereas a lot of people I know on the radio are desperate to be on the television. I don't think it's for any other reason apart from the extra money. I think that's what it is. I think it's like boosting your, your salary up a little bit. A bit like Vince Cable, you know, £200,000 a year extra. Can't remember those VAT things, but anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all like that. Which reminds me, I must do mine later on today. And, um, and so, that, so that's why there aren't really that many women. And also, the, the, there aren't that many women who are good on the radio. You know, it's no good just taking somebody because they're a woman, if, if they're a comedian or something like that. It doesn't actually make them good on the radio. I wish I knew what the, what, what the formula was for making somebody successful on radio. Because I've seen no end of people come into it over the years, and everybody comes in with this big idea. I'm going to reinvent the wheel on my programme. And you listen to it and you think, you're not going to be able to keep this standard up. Because the, you, have to, you have to be consistent. The other thing you have to be is there. 
No good sort of starting a programme and then you go off on holiday. LBC had this thing years ago. I'm, I, I mention it now because I've mentioned it before, so it's not a big secret, that, uh, that we signed Michael Parkinson to do the morning programme. And so they had um, all the buses, Michael Parkinson, LBC, Michael Parkinson, on the morning, and, uh, and it was brilliant. And just before the bus campaign started, he goes on holiday. He's booked to go on holiday to Australia to commentate on the cricket, because he loves cricket. He'll go anywhere for cricket. So, consequently, we had all these adverts on the side of buses going Michael Parkinson on LBC, and he wasn't. He was commenting on the, on the cricket on the BBC, of all things. So, there you go. Mike says, I recall Gloriette's pasties on Fleet Street. One of those kept you going for a week as a young man, and the grease from it kept my old banger of a car lubricated. They were, abs- they were, they were pasties that it would fall apart in your hand. It was, it was just delicious. Steve, I used to deliver to Patisserie Valerie, and they have the cleanest kitchens in London. One of the very few places where the back is as clean and presentable as the front. I love looking at the cake. I'll tell you, the one thing you notice with Patisserie Valerie is people stand looking in the window at the cakes. Now, I haven't had a Patisserie Valerie cake for ages because they're just, like, bad news for me. Very bad news. I did go through a phase of sort of thinking, perhaps at the weekend I'll treat myself to one, one cake... No, no. I I've, so I've had to cut that out. But I do stand there looking in the window, a little bit like sort of, you know, the kid at Christmas with his little nose pressed up to it, looking, oh, it looked really nice. And I bought, bought my brother a cake today. He said, do you want a piece? I said, no, no, I'm, I'm not into big cakes as such. Although yesterday I got a craving for something sweet. I go through the fridge trying to find something that, you know, was sort of, you know, having had my, um, I don't know what it was I did actually. Oh, it was sprouts. Sorry, sprouts and mints again. Not very exciting, but I was quite happy with it. And, um, and I fancied something sweet, so I had to sort of get dressed. Because, you, you know, you take your clothes off when you go home. Well, not all of my clothes. I, mean, I, I sit in a pair of shorts, you know, OK? And, and I had to go out, and I bought two Blackberry... No, they're not denim shorts. No, not Joey Essex. No, they're like long shorts, you know, the f- things that sort of trendy people wear on holiday, you know. But I tried yesterday to get... A, I've got to find a black T-shirt for tomorrow for this photo shoot. And they said, can you wear a long sleeve black T-shirt? Can you find a long sleeve black T-shirt on the high street? No. I have been everywhere. Yes, nothing. Blue. Blue, short sleeve. So in the end, I've now compromised. I bought a blue long sleeve T-shirt, but it's a fairly dark blue, and a black short sleeved T-shirt. So I've got, I've got the choice of two. It's, and, and I said to the bloke, as I ended up getting it in John Lewis, and I said, are there no black T-shirts around? He said... Don't appear to be. I said, I thought that black was the, the all-encompassing T-shirt that covered a multitude of sins. God knows I've got enough sins to cover up. And so, in the end, I've, I've sort of compromised. I might try later on today. But uh, as, I was, as I was going down the motorway yesterday uh, to, uh, to Costco, my little check engine... What is it? Coolant. Engine coolant. So I've got to nip in today to get them uh, that, that, that to put in. Ian in Harlow's, they say that on average, Steve, each person swallows ten spiders in their life. Please don't go there. Please don't go there. The worst thing is walking down on the river from Twickenham to Richmond or Vicky Verka, and in the summer, hordes of gnats and things like that, and you open your mouth and you swallow about ten of them. And that's awful as well. Jay says, I know somebody who's afraid of buttons. Buttons. Can you be afraid of... I mean, I just... I mean, I suppose it must go back to childhood, mustn't it? You don't just develop something like that in later life. You don't go, I'm 35 years old, buttons. Ah! Can't bear them. Velcro. Ah! Couldn't bear them. So it was like years ago when you were a kid at, at school and the teacher would do the chalk on the blackboard and 
Oh, I mean, we, we did all the tricks. I don't know if you ever did this as well. I mean, we were just so how long ago it was. We used to put a safety match in there. And so that when they did the chalk, it burst into flames and used to frighten them, which was just a silly thing to do. And then the teacher would turn around and throw the rubber at you, which they used to clean the board with. But I mean, it was absolutely awful. You know, you'd listen to this chalk grinding over the blackboard. I just think, oh, horrible. LBC 97.3. The time this Thursday morning is 5.30. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six is the time. Talking of Katie Price, says Paul. The old troll's doing a book signing in Waterstones in Kingston tomorrow at 1.30. Uh, do you know, I'm really so sorry I can't make it, I'm afraid, because tomorrow we're doing the photo shoot for the advent calendar. And it's far more important to be at Angels at that time, and it will take quite a long time to get in and out of all these costumes. Um, and... Uh, and, th- and that means that I-, I won't be able to see poor Katie Price. She'll be surrounded by the two handbags, no doubt, and a small entourage. She will have her makeup troweled on by polyfiller, a little bit of help from uh, ICI Cement. And, uh, and the rest of it, as I say, I mean, I, I never could un- quite understand why anybody in their right mind... I think people would turn up to look at her, because you won't believe what it looks like in the flesh. You really won't believe... I mean, l- look at the hair when you see the hair. That's, that's always the funniest bit. Uh, but, of course, bearing in mind, she's sitting there... Selling a book that she's not written. That's, that's what's so stupid about it. It's just hilarious, isn't it? Um, in a moment, we'll have a chat to uh, young Nathan Morley. And uh, we take all your texts and emails on the programme. 84850 uk. Uh, the 50th anniversary next year of Marilyn Monroe's death will be marked by a limited edition coffee table book combining Norman Mailer's blockbusting controversial 73 biography of the actress saying she was murdered in an FBI-CIA conspiracy with the sexy photographs taken by Bert Stern for Vogue six weeks before she died. Uh, the price of this book? A trifling thousand dollars, which is about £626. Actually, I nearly bought something the other day, talking of, of buying things in America, and it's, uh, it was uh, an effect that I thought I, I might buy for the show on the third at the Mermaid. And, um, and it was $147. And I thought, that's OK, it's about 90-something pounds. And I saw there's an English company selling it, which, which I thought, oh, that's a good idea, I might buy it from the English company, think it'll be about 93... No, no, they're selling it for £144. So, in other words, they haven't actually done any, any difference on it at all. So I decided, cheaper to buy it in America. Much, much cheaper in America. Uh, comedian David Walliams' charity swim down the filthy River Thames caught the public's imagination, but uh, he turned up to be interviewed by Emma Spice Girl Emma Bunton, dolled up as Baby Spice in a pink dress and blonde wig for a radio interview. <laughs> so there you go. Mind you, I always thought he was slightly peculiar, but in, in a sort of a nice kind of way. And well done to the Duracell sisters. The Duracell sisters, that's Mary, Jean and Hilda, have now got the combined age of... 308. They keep on going. Hilda Greening is 107. Jean Underwood, 104. And 97-year-old Mary Hunt makes up the last of them. Between them, they've each outlived the husbands. They have 12 children, 17 grandchildren and 29 great-grandchildren. So well done to them. How lovely. Jean, 104. Hilda has had eight royal messages from the Queen. I think that must be a record. 107. Good for you. Uh, Nathan Morley is our man on the brink of, uh, of the abyss. Good morning. Good morning to you, Steve. I love the idea. Greece has been told no more cash. Sort your money problems out. Ah. Uh. What a situation. I mean, we were just 
staggered when George Papandreou came on television and said, you know, we're going to have a referendum. This is urgent money they need now. And um, he's basically <laughs> pushing the, the decisions over to the Greek people. So if it all goes wrong, at least he says, well, I was democratic about it. Yeah, um, yeah strange, strange times we're living through. And, and, until the Greeks themselves decide what help they really want. Well, yes, I mean, it's just such a weird situation that the European Union last week in Brussels, everybody is bending over backwards Mm. to help this country, which has got us here in the first place to this ridiculous situation. And then it's so bizarre. I mean, people people are just staggered by after all this help, all this money that's been pumped into the Greek economy, billions and billions, which we don't know where it is now. Mm. I mean, where was it spent? What did it do? Here we have another 110 billion euros plus a 50% debt reduction, which is generous to say the least. And the Greeks said, oh, <laughs> we'll have a think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible, really. We'll I thought George Papandreou would be um, out of office, but it appears that his his cabinet have backed him. It's now a question. He's going to can today. Uh, he's been summoned to can today to meet uh, Angela Merkel and Nicola Sarkozy, and I don't think they will be quite as accommodating as his cabinet were. No. So we will see what happens this afternoon. Absolutely, very interesting. So, one of your, I must know what what the weather's like at the moment. We have we have rain, and then next week they've said it's actually going to turn cold. It is cold here. It is very chilly here. Suddenly it turned uh, last week, and uh, we. I've been sneezing, and my detector hint of cold in my yes. voice. It's, it's been it's been pretty dreadful weather. It's uh, around twenty four degrees in the day. Mm. and around 13 at night, which for this country is pretty chilly. Yes, yes. It's definitely going to get cold here next week, they've said. With the United Kingdom? Yeah. yeah, well, I'd expect nothing else at this time of the year. Well, we, <laughs> we've had it mild so far, strangely enough. I mean, it, it really has been incredibly mild. Well, that's OK. I mean, Britain has such funny weather nowadays, doesn't it? You get these yes. warm spells when you don't expect them, then you'll suddenly um, have enormous snowstorms across the country. It really is a bit of potted weather you have. It used, used to be able to predict Britain's weather, you know, almost yeah. by the clock. But um, I was just reading now, because I'm off to the States in a few weeks, that, mm. that New York's having its worst, worst snowstorms in years. Yes. So, oh, it's been terrible. They, I mean, it's brought down power lines. I think people have died already. Oh, good. Well, cheer me all up, because, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm in Poland um, on, uh, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and, and I was just literally looking at the airline, and then I put on the television, there's Polish airline are making an emergency landing. Yes, yes. <laughs> I uh, And then that. I yeah, that New York is going through its biggest snowstorm. I mean, uh, I may as well just book into Guantanamo Bay. I think I might probably get a holiday there. Better deal. So, stories uh, from your, your neck of the woods. A gynaecologist has been arrested for drugging patients. This is a really big and horrible story, and one which has understandably caught the attention of everybody in Cyprus. This gynaecologist, a 56-year-old, is uh, in police custody today, pending investigation that he had been taking sexual advantage of patients under anaesthetic. Uh, Now, uh, I don't want to go into too much detail about Mm. the, the instance, but it's thought that he was drugging his patients and then... Right. Then, in some cases, raping them and uh, doing okay. other uh, sexual things. And uh, it, it, the police haven't released his name, but 36 people have come forward to say they think they know who it is and they may 
have been uh, a victim of his, but the, mm. the newspapers are saying this morning could be hundreds of women. Mm -hmm. The police won't release his name, and obviously that's a huge concern. And the other thing is, Steve, here they don't have the situation where you go into your doctor, your gynecologist, I mean, in the UK and States, you'll have somebody with you. A nurse with you, or, or, or a family member, if, mm. uh, you know. Not, not there. Not in Cyprus, and obviously this is um, uh, one of the great talking points at the moment. Uh, and, and if it is what the papers report, there could be hundreds of women mm. who were sexually assaulted by this man. And, so is the man, and that is just... Yeah, sorry. sorry? I was just going to say, has, has he been suspended? He's been arrested. I don't think he's been... He's in police custody, and he's, right. they've just had an extension on his, uh, uh, his custody while investigations continue. Uh, I mean, the cases this morning I was seeing in the Greek paper are 36 cases of rape, sexual exploitation of women, and we have here a new one charged this morning, including two minors and unlawfully putting women under anesthesia. Um, and from what I can see... It, it, until the police release this man's name, mm. we have every gynecologist in, in, the, in the country saying, well, people might think it's me. Yes. Why do he release his name? My patients yes. are jittery. Yes. And you have all of his patients thinking, well, who is this guy? I've been going to a gynecologist for... Um, I'd like to know who it is. Maybe I'm a victim. So the police are in a pretty difficult position here. So, I think we'll find out who it is later. Yes, well, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know, because if, if it was the press over here, by now they actually would have leaked a name. Yes, our press aren't as, um, uh, they, they aren't as courageous as the British press, and they don't have the, the kind of popular support that um, uh, British press do in this kind mm. of case. Mm. Um, so what will happen is one paper will lead here eventually, possibly next week, and the others will follow. But uh, I think now the, 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 the pressure is on the police to actually release the name, and then journalists can go and do their job. Yes. Uh, because yeah. it, uh, the guy was also found, I think this, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but the guy was also found with a thousand photographs of his patients naked. Right. You yes. know, which he'd been taking, which is, I mean, it's just the most awful story, and, and one just hopes that this guy, this guy gets what's coming to him. Yes, but, uh, but you're right. I mean, they, they, they need to name the person, because women will then fear going to their gynaecologist, just in case they think, is, is my gynaecologist the same? It all of a sudden puts puts uh, a lot of fear into the community, whereas, in fact, if, if the police did their, their jobs properly and they think they have enough evidence, then they have to release his name. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the, pro the problem is now, I, I, from what I understand, a lot of gynaecologists in the, in the area this guy was arrested are getting funny looks from their yes. neighbours. You know, yes. Is it him? Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And that's not a good situation to be in. We have to be a little bit more open and transparent here. Or at least, I was saying, at least uh, give the initials of the guy or some indication mm. so his patients can be assured. <laughs> but Cyprus is a small country, actually, Steve, so I think the rumour bell is doing, uh, doing its work as yes, well. Yes, yes, I, I should well imagine. Well, at, at the moment we have, and I think it starts tomorrow, Jimmy Savile. Now then, now then, lying in uh, state in a gold coffin. They've decided to give him a gold-painted coffin as opposed to a gold-plated coffin, which I think is what uh, um, James Brown had for his lying in state. <laughs> well, that's how he deserves to go, Jimmy yeah, Savile. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was such a shock to hear about Jimmy Savile. He was 84. I know, but he... he the thing about Jimmy Savile is he always seemed at the, the peak of his health. Mm. You know, mentally, I thought he was one of the sharpest people around. 
and he can recall dates and names and times and uh, really, really sharp. I know a lot of the stories he had reeled off millions of times, but I thought he was a really sharp customer. Mm. Um, so um, did we actually find out the cause of death? At the I think it, it was just, he had just had a heart attack. He, he died in his sleep, apparently. Okay. Which, okay, of course, okay. is is absolutely the way that you want to go, apart from my uncle, who went screaming together with 47 other passengers on the bus. <laughs> <that went over laughs> the, the old cliff. ones are the best ones. Do you know, I only do the old ones. I can't do anything new at the moment. I, I need to get a new writer in. I'm going to send you a joke book. <laughs> oh, th- thank you very much indeed. But no, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, people had him down as a loner. Um, I think he was he was slightly eccentric. Strangely enough, I never, ever heard his radio <laughs> programme. I only ever, bless you, I only ever... Saw him on the television going, now then, now then, and here they come now, Pan's people dancing to the lovely... Oh, there well, you uh, are. Rockabilly You'll rock. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see you when they money. You'll see Jimmy Savile. Uh, I, I, I've heard his radio programmes, because Jim, Jimmy's been helping with my book over the past few years. So, oh, right. so I speak, It's funny that I speak... everybody does an impression of Jimmy Savile. It's everybody used to do an impression of Jimmy Savile. Everybody did yeah. an impression of Tony Blackburn. Yeah. Oh, what I don't do, do well Tony Blackburn. Even I... she does it next door. She does it with the cigar and the medallions and everything. I heard Tony Blackburn on the radio the other day saying that Jimmy Savile was a loner, and, and I, you know, for over the years I'd, I'd known Jimmy Savile, I'd spoken to him on an almost, you know, kind of <clears throat> three, four weekly basis. Uh, I, I don't think he was a loner, I think he was fabulous fun, and, yeah. and he always seemed to have company, and, and he always seemed to have things to do, so uh, I don't think Tony Blackburn, um, I mean, I, I can imagine the last time Tony Blackburn worked with, uh, with, with Jimmy Savile was probably in the early 70s. Mm. But so, isn't I mean, it funny how, how we all do impressions of, of sort of certain key presenters? The other one was Roger yeah. Scott. You know, Roger Scott, yeah. Roger Scott. And everybody started <laughs> doing impressions of people. And, and when, you, when you start in radio, you're not really sure, you know, which side of the camp you're going to fall down on. I mean, Dale <laughs> always used to sound like, like Tony Blackburn. So it was, it was always very interesting. <laughs> it, Jimmy Savile used to be my favourite impression. And, and when I was a smoker, I used to be able to, young man, talk like Jimmy Savile. And then I would convince people that I was phoning them up at their home. Jingle, jangle. And it was very good. Somebody phoned me sounding just like that a few years back. (laughs) It wasn't you, was it? (laughs) Ah, you see, young man, what you have done now is you have rumbled Sir Jim of the Savile. And (laughs) I I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy is alive It is entirely possible that we have been duped over the years. Because somebody (laughs) phoned me one night. I was doing a phone-in and it it purported to be Jimmy Savile. Now then, then, young Stephen, I have been listening to your show. And I remember thinking after... In fact, I, I was totally convinced it was Jimmy Savile. But now I've heard you doing it, I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. You see, you have now discovered that I am a slightly unusual man in Cyprus, phoning up television and radio programmes, upsetting their presenters, you see. Have a nice I'm week, going. Nathan. I'm going, bye. bye. <laughs> there he goes, made his day today. Nathan Morley, our man in Cyprus. Or was it Jimmy from the other side? Who knows? 14 to 6. <laughs> These are the headlines. European leaders have told Greece its referendum on a bailout deal would decide whether it stays in the Eurozone. It's the first time that the possibility of the country leaving the single currency has been officially mentioned. Anti-capitalist protesters could remain camped outside St Paul's Cathedral for the next two months after the City of London Corporation offered to halt legal action until the new year. Demonstrators say the corporations agreed to shelve the eviction on the condition that the number of tents are reduced. And thousands of lives could be saved in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland every year if people adopted the English diet. Between 40 and 80% of unnecessary deaths from cancer, heart disease and strokes could be prevented if people ate the average diet in England. Let's have a check on the roads down to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Keith, 
says uh, the, the 10-day forecast is for average temperatures of 13 degrees. I have a friend of 80 who's very distressed by you saying the weather's going to turn cold as he's got no heating. Better get some quick, then. It's going to be a cold winter this year, let me tell you. mushy. All these impressions. You know, honestly, sometimes they just roll... It's like different characters wander in. Uh, Steve, concerning the black long-sleeve T-shirt, please try a Tesco branch that sells clothing. Uh, I got one for my eight-year-old son in the summer. Yeah, well, never fit me at all. In fact, somebody has written in, Ian on the M25, says, I've got a T-shirt you can borrow. It's an XXL, so it might be a bit tight. Cheeky devil, honestly. Actually, my, my, my driver, Graham, this morning said Primark. He said, try Primark. And uh, and Gap. Somebody said Gap. And uh, Cathy in Stockwood says try Gap. It's a long way to go, Poppet. And uh, somebody else says you can get it in Gap. Enjoy the shoot. Thank you. Primark says Laura. Black long sleeve V-neck. T- I'm not sure I want V-neck. It's, you'd think I, I'm a... I don't do V-neck. I'm not a V-neck sort of person. And Yes. With my chest hair sticking out, the medallion and everything else. And I've started dyeing it, you know. Steph in Gravesend says you should try Primark. Primani. For your long sleeve t shirt. I saw some about a month ago. They had black, white, blue, and grey, cheap as chips. It would have to be. Uh, Uniqlo in Oxford Street for a black long sleeve t shirt. I had the same problem, if not Muji, says David. Our Muji is just closed. Just closed for some reason. And uh, Martin says Patisserie Valerie's just opened on Wilton Road in Pimlico. Scrummy. Not cheap, about £2.75 a cake. Which is, you know, it's great if you like cakes, but. Uh, not really if you don't like cakes. If you don't like cakes, you won't go there at all. I quite like it. Mark the bailiff's off out early this morning. Somebody's going to be in distress later on. Uh, another one here. And this is from... Oh, it's from Paul. He says, certainly not being a fan of Mr Bieber. To be honest with you, I, don't, I couldn't sing you any of his songs. I just know he's incredibly popular. And he's got about 72 million, so he's, he's obviously doing something right. He said, I'd certainly be rather sceptical about this girl's claim. The main reason being, he's been in a committed relationship with Miss Gomez for a number of years. Well, that's what I thought. And if this child's only three months old, I mean, it, it does seem unlikely, doesn't it? But, you know, he says it's more than likely, if, if it could be more than likely, that she's another poor soul, nothing better to do with her time. And I also think if there's any truth in it, due to his strong family values, they'd look after her and the babies. He's strongly against, you know, abortion or anything like that. Well, Exactly. So, but it's, it's like all these things. You do get people, we've seen so many cases in court, haven't we, where, where people are attention-seeking and they, will, they make something up and they sort of say, oh, this happened. And then, ooh, we've seen people who've actually claimed that their boyfriends have been abducted and killed and murdered. Turned out it was them all the time. So, I mean, it, it's quite highly likely that people do make stories up now. We saw the uh, Pakistan cricketers in court the other day lying through their teeth. Oh, I, I, I only did it on this one occasion. No, you didn't. You're a liar. We see people arriving at the airport every day. I'm studying here. 470 colleges were closed down in this country last year because they were bogus. 470. And that's the tip of the iceberg. All these people arriving here. What, what, what do you do? Uh, student. Uh, what are you studying? Please? What, what are you studying? Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out they've got no idea where they're going. They just have bogus papers, and they think that gets them into the country. In some cases, it does, but now the customs are very vigilant. And, uh, and they said they go, no, I don't think so. Special hello to Diana this morning from all of the Legend members, as the procedure never happened, and she's very fed up, because Diana was going to hospital the other day to have this procedure. Oh, so it didn't happen. Oh, God, how annoying. How annoying. Dreadful. Uh, yesterday, says Phil, you mentioned about people wearing the poppy wrong. Can you help? On the paper poppy, due to the slightly bigger petal, go at the top or the bottom, it should be at 11 o'clock. That's what they say. It's supposed to be 11 o'clock. Now, not everybody wears it. I mean, to be honest with you, 
I don't think it makes any difference where it goes. It's just as long as it's worn. You know, I'm, I, I really don't don't care. There was some bloke who's in the paper today, and uh, he he burnt a poppy the other day, and he got fined fifty pounds. He's a rather stupid, pathetic little person, and um, and he's he's named in the paper today. Who is the planet's most powerful man? Apart from me, it uh, turns out to be Barack Obama. Uh, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg is ninth on this year's list. Sadly, not um, Simon Cowell. I don't think. I'm trying to find, actually. Rupert Murdoch plummeted to uh, 13th. He's now down to 24th this year. Julian Assange. Um, Strauss-Kahn resign. Uh, Dominic Strauss-Kahn. He was on the list. Now he's, he's not. And strangely enough, uh, David Cameron dropped three places to 10 after suffering from the News of the World hacking scandal because of his association with the paper's former editor, Andy Coulson. So it's Barack Obama. Uh, the American president lost the title to the Chinese leader, Hu Jintao last year, but he has, uh, he's, he's done very well, very well. Oh, and guess what's happening to Robert Vaughan, the man from Uncle, who we love dearly. He's joining the cast of Coronation Street. He's 78. Now, I've talked to him, and believe you me, he looks very, very good for 78. He had a, an autobiography out uh, a while ago, and uh, they're very excited. They, they put these people in. Stephanie Beecham uh, did... Coronation Street. And it only goes to prove that Corrie can attract some really good names to go in there. Ian McKellen went in. Stephanie Beecham, as I just said, so she went in there. And um, and loads of people, which is good. Uh, uh, also um, oh, married to Dennis Waterman, Rula Lenska. She was in there. So it goes to... It, it's not all northern people with whippets and flat caps. You know, uh, there are some proper actors and he's going in as well. It... it and Anthony Cotton, who we think is going to be going out to I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which, of course, is wrong on two counts. We don't want to get him out of there, and he's not a celebrity, OK? You remember his doomed chat show on the television? The doomed chat show that he came on and started mincing about all over the stage, and the audience went, click. Very funny character, I'm afraid, in, uh, in Coronation Street, but not in real life. And once again, I have to take Michael Winner to task. This is the second time it's happened. Firstly, I did not get the invite to the wedding. Now, Geraldine, I thought we'd sorted this out. I don't know why it's all gone pear-shaped. And yesterday, at the Belvedere restaurant in Holland Park, again, I was not busy. I could have nipped over. He had Sir Roger Moore, Sir Michael Parkinson, Sir David Frost, Sir Terence... I'm seeing a pattern emerging here. Sir Terence Conran, and no Steve Allen. Now, quite clearly, it's all gone wrong. Um, Obviously, if I wasn't a sir, I wasn't going to be invited. There was also Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sir Tim Rice. It's definitely a pattern, isn't it? There's, there's definitely... I need to get some sort of an award going before Michael is... I mean, he sends me the book, and it's all very nice, and I'm very grateful for the book. And uh, and Geraldine, lovely, lovely girl. Now now they're married, but I didn't get the invite. And and I, I could have waited table. I could have happily... I, I enjoy the Belvedere. I have been, been to the Belvedere on uh, on a few occasions. Not, you know, not hugely amount, but uh, that's, that's the second time that I've been snubbed by Michael. It'll not happen a third time, let me tell you. It'll not happen a third time. Um, other stories of the paper today. They're talking about the fallen teen idols. This is in the, in the light of the Justin Bieber story in the paper today. Uh, they're asking, you know, did this actually happen or is it a grubby hoax? And, uh, and they're looking at the fallen teen idols. Corey Haim enjoyed film success in the 80s, took drugs from the age of 15... He died uh, last year, broke, of an accidental overdose at the age of 39. 
Uh, also, Debbie Gibson, uh, 41, played by Stalkers. She was, uh, 2005, posing nude for, for Playboy. Miley Cyrus, you know, the Disney singer-actress, posed topless in 2008. Then pole dance. Tiffany, 80s pop sensation. She enjoyed smash hits with I Think We're Alone Now and Could Have Been, but her star faded. Now 40, she still performs and is trying to develop an acting career. I don't see her as a fallen teen idol. I just think that's the way that went. And Leif Garrett, of course, who uh, has uh, faced drug charges. He's been in rehab. Uh, Leif Garrett was very... Fa- if you look, at, He's not really your era, but he was, he was sort of around the time of Andy Gibb. Andy Gibb, who was the Gibb brother, who, again, died of drugs. Uh, and Leif, Leif Garrett, I'm afraid, he crashed his car whilst he was stoned, leaving a friend paralysed. But he was one of these sort of pretty people from America. I, I suppose, really, in the, in the same sort of light as David Cassidy. I mean, David Cassidy, at the height of his fame, was huge. A bit like the Bay City Rollers, a bit like Les McEwen and the Bay City Rollers, you know, who were enormous. I don't think at the moment we have a boy band who who achieved that sort of mass hysteria. The Osmonds brought mass hysteria. I mean, we we have it with sort of JLS, but certainly not to the extent that we had it with with Bross even. You know, I mean, the the Brossettes, I remember going through Covent Garden to be confronted by the Brossettes and... uh, they were well. They they obviously that was one of Bros because that looked a little bit similar to uh, to Matt Goss. I swore a lot and sort of threatened people, and that was you know always very popular in those days. Uh, listen, we've got uh, loads more of your uh, texts um, coming through to the program, so we'll weave those in just after the news. That's a very good impression so far. Thank you very much indeed. We'll come up with uh, something which we think we can we can cultivate uh, from you this morning. We've been asking your opinion and. Um, I've got loads more here. And this is actually, strangely enough, we have a a great idea from Diane on the subject of ID when it comes to buying wine and booze in stores. And they say, are you old enough? In the light of the story of the 92-year-old woman the other day who was refused because she didn't have a passport. On FM, online and digital radio. Morning, everybody. It's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen with you till 7. Then Nick and the team are here. Thousands of lives, as you heard on the news, could be saved in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland every year if people adopted the English diet. Apparently, between 80% of unnecessary deaths from cancer, heart disease and strokes could be prevented if people ate the average diet in England. What is the, what is the, what is the British diet? I mean, is it the fry-up? No. You know, is it the cottage pie? Well, bit chips, bits of it, yes. Do you consciously think about what you your mouth? Better years later, there was a story today in 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 the paper about Bobby Moore's son Dean, who died seven, attic, and uh, he was he had insulin with him and everything else. He had battled uh, drink problems. Now I met. Uh, Dean Moore, but I think at one point, I'm pretty certain, he used to work for David Sullivan's paper, The Sunday Sport. I'm pretty certain, pretty, pretty certain, because I remember going in there and somebody saying, that's, that's Bobby Moore's son. And uh, 47 is, is far too young to die. He'd had lots of sort of problems and things like that. So I think it's terribly sad next door about, you know, there are certain things which I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't go out now and buy cream cakes. I haven't eaten jelly. Uh, I tend not to eat butter. If I do do it, I might do it once a month. That that would be it. I tend not to eat bread. Uh, I tend, you know, I, everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Because you get to a certain stage, don't you, where you think, I quite like living, you know. You know, you've got the, those three sisters, combined age 308, and you think, I'm not sure I want to live that long. 
Well, I certainly want to live as... I don't want to live to 308. Although, actually, if, if they offered you a tablet saying, this actually extends your life, you could live to... Th- God knows what I'd be like walking around. Hopefully a lot thinner. So, what is the British diet? And how, how do you think it's evolved? Do you, do you consciously think about it? I, I know that, traditionally, we are becoming the nation of fatties, but that's only because of all the cheap, rubbish food that's on sale on the high street. Fast food. You know, you, you, you cannot go to a high street now and not find fast food. You know, you cannot go to a coffee shop like Starbucks or wherever without them sort of doing ice with a few fruit puree and then on top of that swirls of cream with and you see school children having it and you think that's fine when you're a child you can eat most things but then sadly all of a sudden you get to like 20 and you go and you balloon so i wonder do you do you have breakfast every morning do you do you, do you say right my mother used to have muesli didn't stop her getting cancer it has to be said and and all these other things but she was very conscious about what she ate she would eat little and often mind you there's nothing of her really she's like a like a church mouse but i wonder really whether or not you think that because they say breakfast is the best meal of the day breakfast is a thing you have to have and then when you have that that means that you don't snack pick throughout the whole day because you know, pick, sitting at desks in offices really isn't isn't very good, I'm afraid, because you tend to sit there and then you go and have something. You sit at your desk, you have a sandwich. You should really, I suppose, go and get fresh air and you should go out and you should sort of have something that's healthy. Most of us have something quick and that would be from a from a sandwich shop or even worse, a sweet shop that sells sandwiches. You know, somebody like that. You don't know where the sandwiches have come from. If, if I was going to have sandwiches anywhere, I would only buy them from a, a main supermarket. Because I would assume that they would have checked the places. But people do buy fruit. I see people eating healthily. You know, they've got little, you know, yoghurt pots or they've got some muesli to put on it or they'll have some porridge or something like that. So what's the English diet? Has it worked for you? And as you get a bit older, and you could tell me in all honesty, do you really watch what you eat? Not necessarily for financial reasons. Because, to be honest with you, eating fast food is a terribly expensive way of eating food. It really is. You might think that it's, uh, oh, it's, you get all of that for, for that, but it's false economy. Because you're eating rubbish. That's why it's called fast food. That's why I get so annoyed. I used to get so annoyed at Waterloo Station in the morning. They've got a, a Burger King there. And occasionally, a few years back, I used to think, oh, I just fancy something in the morning. It was never ready. And I used to think, it's fast food. And they go, just, just be a couple of minutes. You go, it's fast food. The whole idea is you walk in, you pick it up, you walk out again. So I'm curious to know what you think the English diet is. Is it eggs, bacon, sausages, tomato? Fried bread, I'm feeling quite ill. And, uh, or black pudding, anything like that. Or is it kedgery? Or do you have haddock? Or is it, is it more influenced by other people? So in other words, you know, I mean, I mean, could you have curry for breakfast? Yes, you can, and it's delicious. I'm here to tell you. You know, should you eat baked beans all the time? No, too much sugar in them. You know, everything in moderation. But I'm still of the opinion that some people are big... Not because of necessarily what they eat all the time, but because they're just that size person. We're all different. Every single one of us has different metabolism. Some people can drink, you know, a bottle of wine a day and it wouldn't affect them in the slightest. Some people have two glasses and fall over. It's very much like that. It's, it's, it, it's very much not necessarily what you put in your body, it's how your body reacts to what you're putting in. So let's hear from you this morning on what you think is an English diet... And uh, how, do, how do you go throughout the day? Because when you read some fat people, the baby, you think, well, that's why you're fat. You're eating all this wrong stuff here. You should eat all the right stuff. But sometimes it's not very exciting, is it? So do tell us, 84850-LBC973 or steve at lbc.co.uk. 
6.15, the headlines this morning with Sam Pittis. Good morning, Steve. France and Germany have given Greece an ultimatum, accept the bailout deal or leave the Eurozone. Anti-capitalist protesters are considering a deal which will see them stay at St Paul's Cathedral until the new year. And it's reported a special underground SAS base is being built under the Olympic site in Stratford. The FTSE will open after closing up 62... Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Dee's Party Creations. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Cullion. Very much indeed. Said, hope your show goes well. The Mermaid. And to Peter at Hamwells, who sent me the 90th anniversary poppy badge. Thank you very much indeed. I hadn't found those anywhere at all, actually. Hadn't found those anywhere at all. Uh, Nick Ferrari and the team with you just after the uh, the news at uh, at 7 o'clock. And Emma from the Epping Travel Lodge. Remember I mentioned the, uh, the heaters? She said, I'm very glad the heaters worked out. Let me know if you're back this Christmas, she said, and I'll make sure you get a good room. She said, even if you do arrive before 3pm. Cheeky so-and-so. Thank you very much indeed. No, in fact, it was those heaters that prompt me to buy them for my brother because it worked out really well. And for the life of me, I can't remember which ones they are now. I'll have to ask him again because we, we bought him five, I think, and then he had them fitted professionally, which cost as much as... But the heaters themselves are something like £36. They're electric heaters, thin, fixed to the wall, and I suppose you can either just plug them in, but he's had them fitted properly with an electrician. And they're absolutely, they're absolutely perfect, Emma. It's now so hot we can all sit round in our underwear, which is great. Not well, not necessarily great as far as I'm concerned. And Noreen as well says, um, we've got to see our Kobe and Josh. And uh, Stephen Nathan, hope you are well. They went through Harpenden. Yes, least said about that place, the better, actually. Uh, off into the theatre, ladies and gentlemen, in the company of uh, our man Roger Foss, who's had one foot in the past and the other in the present. Where's he been? He's been to three days in May at the Trafalgar Studios, and uh, some like it hip-hop. Not really the kind of thing you would have thought Roger went for, but let's start with uh, three days in May. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. Yes, I've kind of gone into a time warp with this play, <laughs> three days in May, um, back to the 1940s. Uh, in fact, back to 1940 itself. And you're talking about poppies. Um, well, this is um, wartime Britain, um, when it's, I suppose, Britain's darkest hour. Mm. <laughs> with uh, Warren Clark in this play... Um, playing Winston Churchill, uh, and it takes you behind the doors of Number 10 Downing Street during these three days in May 1940, when the War Cabinet was talking about what to do about Hitler, and actually some of the members of the coalition then were actually considering doing a deal with Hitler. So it's, um, it's, it's Winston Churchill caught between what to do um, at this terrible moment when uh, things are really, really bad. And I, I, I thought, my goodness me, this is a great theatre, the Trafalgar Studios, to have this play in. Because mm. it's literally just around the corner from Downing Street, of course. Yes, absolutely. Just, so, just around the corner from here. Yeah. And, I mean, you kind of imagine the war cabinet just up the road there, seriously considering doing a peace deal with the Nazis. And, mm. of course, you know, it's, this is a history lesson. I thought I, it was so gripping. I sat there. I thought, this is a really, a really amazing political thriller. It's kind of gripped you and, and gets you. And you kind of think about what could have happened had it gone the other way and had people like Neville Chamberlain, who was sitting in this cabinet at that time, um, had their way and wanted to do a deal through Mussolini, I think it must have been, that mm. they wanted to try and... Um, sue for peace, as it were. But um, so the, the the play really shows how the prime minister, how Churchill, could have really wobbled. It's it's like I'm not right, quite sure what to do. And there's old Churchill there with his cigar and scotch, 
um, caught in the middle of this uh, this debate. But of course, he's determined in the end to fight them on the beaches. And uh, so you you want to stand up in the end and um, wave and, the flag. Uh, raise, wave the flag, absolutely. Warren Clark playing Churchill is uh, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you, you see, the great thing is, I mean, Churchill, I suppose, is um, is is easy to do if you're a certain kind of build, but. Um, no, he's got the Churchill voice, which I think is the important thing. You know, that, that slight kind of speech impediment where, mm. where he kind of slurred his words a bit. And, uh, and he doesn't say, I, I suddenly remembered, you know, seeing those old newsreels and things of Churchill. He never said Nazi, he said Nazi. Nazi. And it sounded much more fearsome. Yeah. I did a documentary <laughs> so, on his house out in the country, actually, which was bought what, for uh, him by, by friends. What, Chartwell? Yes. I, I, used to do a, I used to do a series called A Place in the Country, which went round to lots of famous yeah. houses. And we went out there, and the place where he was pictured, there's a great photograph of him sitting by this pool. Well, this, this pool is about as big as a bath. It's the tiniest thing yeah. I've ever seen. But he used to sit there painting, and upstairs yeah. in the house, there's one of his cigar butts in the ashtray. But the house was bought yeah. for him by friends, because he never had very much money, apparently. I went down there, actually, this summer. I, I oh, popped right. along there. It's just fantastic. Yes. And of course, there were, he used to build... He used to do, of all things, bricklaying, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, yes. When he went retired, I thought, why would you do bricklaying? But there are these walls mm. around the gardens that uh, Winston Churchill himself has has built. So it is it is interesting, and this this kind of this play takes you into the mind of Winston Churchill at that time and how he was uh, thinking and um, and 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 the, the a terrible situation. You think these politicians? It takes you back really to that. Those sort of newsreel images of politicians yes. who used to go around wearing wing collars and bowler hats and pinstripe suits. But... I, I can even remember, as indeed will most people over a certain age, his funeral shown on the television because I remember coming home. We were living in um, Huntingdon at the time on an RAF base and coming in and my mother was crying and I thought it'll be onions again in the kitchen. And <laughs> I said, what's the matter? And she said, Churchill's died. And, and the country went into mourning. I mean, there was a huge state funeral. His, his body was brought up the Thames. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Had yeah, a profound effect on people. Massive, massive. And, of course, these, these guys were facing... I mean, everybody was at that time. And this is what this play brings out, really. You know, you've just got into world, the Second World War. The country's... Britain's kind of virtually in ruins. <laughs> I mean, on the brink of ruin, I yeah. suppose. Um, you know, other countries in Europe have, have actually fallen to the Nazis. Belgium is just about to be taken over. France and Italy are being taken over. There's um, British troops trapped in France. The Nazi army is kind of making its way towards Dover. And America's not joining in. So you, 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 you really feel like Churchill is there sitting in this cabinet room with his cigar and his glass of scotch. Really, at the centre of a, a massive decision-making, and uh, Warren Clark really embodies that kind of bulldog spirit. Mm. It's almost as if, you know, more than Churchill himself, in a way. So it, it's a great great thing to see at this time, especially with Remembrance Sunday coming up, and, um, and in this particular theatre, too. So uh, uh, probably the, the most gripping political thriller you can uh, you can see at the moment on stage in the West End, and uh, very good indeed. OK, three days in May. And uh, quickly down to the Peacock. You went the other week to see this yeah. one, a, a hip-hop show for you at your Listen, age, I ask you. I know, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm at my age. At my age, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> hip-hop. I'm more flip-flop, I suppose. I think you're I'm far more, more flip-flop. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, or, or more, just I'm even hip-replacement. Hip <laughs> yes, exactly. 
And, and Churchill, I thought, Churchill goes on about um, blood, sweat and tears. Well, there must have been a lot of blood, sweat and tears rehearsing this show. This is absolutely fantastic. You know, we've seen diversity and flawless and we know these dance troops, but this is Zoo Nation. Um, they, they've, they've taken hip-hop to a completely new level and turned this show into a fantastic family show. Um, it's just, obviously, with a title like that, Some Like It Hip-Hop, it's kind of slightly based on Some Like It Hot, but mm. only slightly, a bit like Wicked connects to The Wizard of Oz. And it's got a fantastic story of these two women who live in a world where women are treated like second-class second citizens. So they, they put on wigs and clo men's clothes and moustaches and, and try and live as men. And it's absolutely hilarious. It's brilliant dancing, fantastic hip-hop stuff, all those head spins and body-locking and high kicks and all of that. Marvellous dancers led by a guy called Tommy Franzen and, 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 um, and there's Lizzie off as well they were both in so you think you can dance they're both amazing and so is the entire company it's a it's an original musical really it's not just hip-hop so i think i mean you steve you'd love every minute of it i mean the dancing is absolutely hot mm. you I kind of got sizzled in my seat <laughs> and this it's a it's a family show and i mean if it doesn't hop straight into the west end then well, I, I don't know what, what I'll do. I mean, I'll, I'll eat my hip. Lord it's just so, ridiculously brilliant. Big thumbs up there. It's at the Peacock Theatre, and that's on yeah. Kingsway, isn't it? Kingsway. Just off Kingsway, that's yeah. right, yeah. It's, the, it's, it's, it's Zoo Nation, of course, the, um, the, the Saddler's World Company. Mm. Um, but, you know, this is, this is it's great fun, and, and it's great, and I always love this, of course. You know, we do, we like shows where families can go along. Yes, and, yes. and this is absolutely perfect. Excellent. So um, hip-hop and dance and all that's really in at the moment, but um, Zoo Nation, as I say, have taken it to another level in the theatre and uh, created an entirely original show, which is a rarity, actually, uh, uh, really, isn't it? Most musicals are based on something or another. Mm. Nice to see something um, new for a change. Roger, yeah. we'll leave it there, but thank you very much indeed for your enthusiasm this morning. Oh, all right, Steve, thanks. I'll would, get back uh, to my muesli now. Go, go, go back to your muesli and your porridge, and yeah. good luck with the hip. <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> oh, thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Roger Foss, our man in the front row. So three days in May is at the Trafalgar Studio, which is part of the Whitehall Theatre, just off Trafalgar Square. And uh, Some Like It Hip Hop is at the Peacock Theatre. And that's just off Kingsway. So you get to the bottom of um, the Strand. Is it the Strand? Yeah, bottom of the Strand. Go up Kingsway. It's over on the right-hand side. Or if you're coming down from Hoban, it's on the left-hand side. It's as simple as that. It's a nice theatre. They used to record... They used to... It used to... Uh, used to record a show there. I think it was called Live from the Royalty or something like that. But uh, many, many... And I went there, I think, to see a show called Once on this Island. Nick Ferrari and the team with you after news at seven. Look at the papers this month. Good Lord, Andrew Pearce. Consultant editor for the Daily Mail and LBC presenter will be looking at the papers this morning. Uh, plus, they'll be talking about the G20 Summit being held in the luxury resort of Cannes. Is that sending out the right messages? We shall find out a little bit later with Nick Ferrari and the team after the news at 7. That's all here on LBC 97.3, where the time this Thursday wet morning is 6.30. Boy, have I got two offers for you this morning. Have I got two offers for you. Firstly, the first offer is what is, what is beautifully bound, full of inspirational ideas and facts about London? Answer... The brand new 2012 Elvis Diary. And it's on sale now. It's the 97.3 Londoner's Diary. And lots of your favourite presenters. 
have written their own candid guide to their favourite London landmark. It's, it's, it's what I call a desk diary. It's not as big as a desk diary, but it's, it's certainly not pocket diary. OK? And in celebration of our new diary, we have teamed up with Visit London to give away the ultimate weekend in London. This is one offer not to be missed. Find out more if you go to lbc.co.uk. They're all in there. I'm in there. I'm December, uh, which is lovely. So the brand new 2012 LBC 97.3 Londoner's Diary. It's, uh, it's available on Amazon. And also, don't forget, if you're looking for some ice skating this Christmas, Tower of London, Natural History Museum, uh, Somerset House, all these places have got ice rinks. And uh, if you want to find out what the Tudors were eating for Christmas, Hampton Court Palace, great place to go to. What's my other offer? You won't believe this one. My other offer is how much... Can I do a Christmas dinner for this year to feed eight people? How much money do you think you need to spend to feed eight people this Christmas? I'll do it for you for 23 quid. 23 pounds and eight pence to feed eight people. I'll tell you how, pardon me, how we do it in a moment. I mean, that is phenomenal, isn't it? 23 pounds and eight pence and you can feed eight people for Christmas. Okay. Let's do some of your uh, texts and emails. I mentioned uh, Nick Ferrari coming up this morning, and uh, he's also talking about the six police officers uh, who were found guilty of discreditable, discreditable conduct. But nobody loses their jobs, and only one gets demoted. Nick will be asking how damaging this is to your faith in the police. I think we should ever sort of, uh, you know, have things like that at all, I'm afraid. I think you have to have terrible faith. I just wish there were more of them. I wish there were more more, more, more on the uh, the police. So uh, they'll be talking about that on the programme this morning with Nick Ferrari and the team after the news at seven o'clock. And uh, good news from the Blackwall Tunnel. I always think it's quite nice when you get good news from the Blackwall Tunnel. Uh, in the supermarkets, Diana says, uh, if I put all my food on the conveyor belt and the assistant asks for my proof of age if I've bought a bottle of whiskey, I always say, don't I look 25 times three? And I shall refuse to produce any evidence and tell them they can keep everything on the belt and I'll shop elsewhere and walk out. Do you remember people used to do that? Do you remember when we had all the trouble? Nick Ferrari started this one with the carrier bags. I'm not paying 5p for a carrier bag. And so we had all of that. I, of course, do pay for carrier bags. I don't, uh, I don't mind at all. Uh, Lenny, thank you very much indeed for your uh, email. Very, very interesting indeed. Quite right. We have a lot in common. And, uh, and to Roger and his girlfriend, who are coming to see us on the 3rd, and I can't do that for you. I wish I could. I wish I could. It's that's uh, all I can tell you. It's all I can tell you. I can't do that at the uh, the moment. And Barry, who is uh, the person who is uh, great, and he was diagnosed with renal cancer. And then you remember he had a kidney removed, and he's doing fine. And I met him at the Lady Rattlings Ball with uh, with Dave. So I'm glad that you're still listening as well. Uh, Chris says you're so right about men's voices being more acceptable to women. I find I would rather listen to a man's voice. Any day. This is after, there's a, I think it's called Sound Women, and it's to try and encourage more women onto radio. And I said, you just, you just don't get it. The BBC have said, oh, we've got these people here, six people. You think out of thousands of presenters, not very many women, is it? Simon in Essex says, who would want to live to 103? The answer is 102-year-old. How do you get tickets for the Festival of Remembrance at the Albert Hall, says Ian? Do you get invited or can they be bought? No, they can be bought. They can be bought. But uh, they sell out very, very very, very quickly, I'm afraid. Uh, after hearing about the impression of Jimmy Savile, it reminded me of the Grumbleweeds, says Rob. Yes, I remember the Grumbleweeds. I think they're still going, actually. The English dieties haven't got time to eat. My mum and I were talking yesterday, says Sandra, 
and came to the same conclusion as you. Everything in moderation, and it is how each body deals with different food and drink, which is what I said. It doesn't matter, you know, what one person can eat a packet of chips, and somebody else can. One person will put on loads of weight, one person won't put on anything at all. Lynn says, I'm going to have a bowl of tomato soup for breakfast and an early dinner of chicken curry. A bit unusual, but hubby works nights, and mealtimes are different. You can actually eat curry for breakfast. There's no problem with eating curry for breakfast at all. Uh, Jan... Talking about being a nation of fatties, I think it's to do with money. For me to make a decent steak and kidney pie for four would cost between six and eight quid, whereas you can go to one of the freezer shops and get one for two quid. Mine would have good quality meat in with a thin layer of the pastry on the top. The shop ones would have cheap and nasty fatty meat full of preservatives and hydrogenated fat with a thick layer of pastry top and bottom. Which one would you prefer? However, it's the cost that puts people off. Marish, my hairdresser, spent £11 on a chicken. The other week, eleven pounds. I, I couldn't. I've never heard of a chicken at eleven pounds because I'm so used to seeing them at about three and a half pounds, something like that. But I mean, eleven pound for a chicken. I said it better have been a good chicken. And uh, Nick in Norfolk says, um, uh, after waking up, fruit or a light cereal with skimmed milk or sugar-free beans. Light snacking with again fruit or raw vegetables like carrots and celery. Very good for you. Towards the evening, a good meal including all the main constituents like protein, plenty of water throughout the day. It's not something we all miss out on. And tea and coffee minimised to one or two cups a day. Best to exercise afterwards or in between snacking to absorb the carbohydrates, which are the main cause of obesity. I know, it just doesn't sound so exciting, does it, when you're doing it, I'm afraid. And um, when I was young, my dad took us to watch the train carrying Winston Churchill's coffin through Twickenham and Whitton. Whole country came to a came to a standstill on uh, on that one. Well, the biggest uh, general strike since the nineteen twenties is still set to go ahead, despite a new government offer on public sector pensions. The proposals have been welcomed by the unions, but they say they still don't go far enough. Here's a reminder of yesterday's report from LBC 97.3's Dan Friedman. The new offer was good, but not good enough to halt plans to ballot millions of union members over strike action later this month. Until further real progress is made. In those negotiations, and acceptable offers are made, unions remain firmly committed uh, to continuing their preparations for the planned day of action on November the 30th. Brendan Barber of the TUC union spent 90 minutes with negotiators this morning. The offer from the government was put forward by Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Danny Alexander, who called this a once-in-a-generation opportunity. This generous offer should be more than sufficient to allow agreement to be reached with the unions. But it is an offer that is conditional upon reaching agreement. I hope on the basis of this offer, the trade unions will devote their energy to reaching agreement and not to unnecessary and damaging strike action. The improved terms would mean those close to retirement age are not affected and the formula for calculating final salary pensions is improved so a teacher earning a final salary of £38,700 will be almost £6,000 a year better off now than under the original proposals. But there are still points of disagreement and tomorrow the largest union, Unison, will reveal the results of its ballot of around a million members for the planned action on November the 30th. There you go, LBC 97.3's Dan Friedman reporting yesterday. Just going back to the, the food, and we were talking about British food, and here is the £23.08 Christmas lunch, which will serve eight people. And you're thinking, it's not possible. They've listed it in the Daily Mail today. If you shop around, you can't get it all in one place. So you're going to get your brandy butter from Sainsbury's, which is pound forty. Your stuffing is coming from Tesco. Two packets of Tesco value stuffing, 30 pence. 30 pence. Your carrots are coming from Sainsbury's Basic Carrots, 75p. Your turkey is from Lidl. It's a frozen self-basting turkey. It's 9 
for a turkey, OK? The parsnips, two bags from Morrison's for a quid. Your potatoes are from Asda. It's a lot of walking around here. And that's £1.40 for a two-kilogram bag. Your cranberry sauce is Tesco standard at 50p. Your Christmas cake is from Morrison's. It's £3.49. Your mince pies, two packs from Sainsbury's at six for 63p. So that's £1.26. Your Christmas pudding... It's two Tesco value Christmas puddings. They're a pound each. That's two quid for two Christmas puddings. And my favourite of all time, your sprouts are from Lidl. A one kilogram bag of green sprouts, frozen button sprouts. Yum, yum, yum. 99p. Total for your Christmas lunch. Feeding eight people. £23.08. And And that's what I call value. This is LBC 97.3. You have teams in London, Edinburgh and Paris. And you need to work together. No problem. Welcome to GoToMeeting with HD Faces, the easy-to-use, extraordinarily powerful way to meet online. Simply launch or join a meeting. Apparently the experts are now saying that if you're miserable, you live longer. Thank God for that. (laughs) Well, yesterday it was completely reversed, but today they're saying if you're miserable, you live longer and you're more fulfilled. Bar humbug, as they say. Uh, Young Beverly works for Health and Safety, Richmond and Twickenham Council. It's her birthday today. And uh, she's a big fan of the programme. Big, big fan of the programme. So, Beverly, many happy returns of the day. Hope your day is filled with happiness and love. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. So, uh, if you bump into her today in health and safety, there'll be going, it's your birthday today, Beverly, isn't it? So there'll be a huge cake and collections and all the kind of the uh, paraphernalia that goes with it. And I'll bump into you soon. Uh, Richard Wapping says, in the late 50s, I made a crystal set so I could listen to Jimmy Savile on Radio Luxembourg. Good Lord. Uh, the Teen and Twenty Disc Club. For half a crown, you could join and get a membership card and a bracelet. God, yeah. Those were happy days, weren't they? Happy days. Uh, Steve says, Patsy, are you mad? Who'd buy a frozen turkey and from Lidl? It's Mackens of Chiswick for me. Yes, I mean, everybody's got their, you know, is it Norfolk Crown? Is it, is it this and that? But also, most of this stuff will have gone off by Christmas, we decided. Um, another one here says, Terry, have you ever had meatloaf? You can't seem to find it in the UK. In America, we love it. Um... Yes, I've I've had meat. I'm, I'm not over bothered with it. It's just compressed meat, isn't it? All together, I thought. And uh, Brian says I always watch what I eat, otherwise it goes all over the place. Uh, one here, um, and this is uh, Steve. Great show as always. Uh, Falger Singh one hundred and Buster Martin one hundred and two. Always had small meals, but never stressed. Attitude to life also has a part to play. Uh, Steve, the, add, add another twenty pounds to your Christmas lunch thing, because you've got to get round to all these shops. I know, you're hopping on and off buses, left, right and centre. You're quite right, Jay. Uh, Jay says, who would want to eat all that cheap rubbish? You see, I don't... I mean, do you think you, you could tell the difference? Could you tell the difference? I couldn't tell the difference with a, with a turkey. It depends. I mean, you know, I mean, I personally, I would always like a fresh turkey, but I know this year uh, we, we always have... Is it crown neck or something? I can't remember what they call it now. And, uh, Steve, add £50 to the petrol and your Christmas meal isn't such good value... Well, I shall have it delivered. I shall develop a limp and have it delivered. Uh, Steve, I have to ha- provide proof of age when I buy alcohol-free beer at my local Tesco, and I'm 62. I know how you feel. I know how you feel. It's, it's terrible, isn't it, really? Uh, one here on uh, Robert Vaughan. Uh, he's the last surviving actor, says Ken, of the original Magnificent Seven. He's such a nice man. You see, I was, I was such a fan of the man from Uncle. Ilya Kuryakin, I modelled myself on, because I used to think that I looked a little bit like Ilya Kuryakin, David McCullum. 
I really did. I mean, I know it's a sad reflection on my life, I'm afraid. Uh, Bob says, meat and vegetables is the English diet and cooked well, it's an okay diet. Nowadays, very few of us eat that way. You know why? Because nobody sits down, do they? That was, that was the other big thing that they were talking about, that nobody sits down for a family meal. So somebody will come in at a certain time and they'll have something to eat. And then somebody else will come and say, listen, I'm going out tonight. Can I just have a quick roll or something like that? And so nobody ever does it. Which is which was a great shame because I used to quite like sitting down. Although we discovered the other day there was one family had a roast every night, unbelievable. Brad says great show is normal, but how old are you? Churchill died in the sixties. Um, watching newsreel, watching newsreel on that one. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, front pages of the uh, papers this morning. Uh, this is Foxy Noxy on the front of the Daily Mail. He's got a new man in her life. Uh, Hugh Grant is dating a burlesque artiste. I hope it's not something like Dieter von Tees. The Express today, it's the Justin Bieber story that runs throughout many of the papers today. Justin Bieber fathered my baby, shock claim by 20-year-old fan. Certainly shocked Justin Bieber and his, uh, his camp as well. And another disaster on the front of the Daily Express. They, they've either got the Diana conspiracy theory, as Christo pointed out, the, uh, the weather, which is looming, uh, or, an, or a new tablet. A tablet that either make you live forever... Or, you know, if you don't eat sprouts every day and cherry juice, you're going to keel over and drop dead. And this is a new strain of killer flu, which could spread to Britain. Now, I only mention this because it is very advisable, if you're in a high-risk bracket, like a diabetic or somebody like that, or an elderly person, to get your flu jabs. You must get your flu jabs, because it's very important. And there's lots of places that do them. You can go to your GP surgery... And you can pay for it, or you can go to your independent chemist. Goods do it in Twickenham. They all do it. And, uh, and you can get your flu jab. And my advice is get the flu jab. I had mine a, f- a few weeks ago. And they say this could be one of the biggest biological threats of our time. Never one to mince their words in the Express. It's a catastrophe. <laughs> the whole thing. And now they're set. Because you do sit on trains, don't you? And there's more people sneezing and wheezing and coughing and spluttering than ever before. So... You have, to, you have to get your flu jab. Whether or not it, it makes you immune to this, I've got no idea. But they say this one can spread from one continent to another within 24 hours. Isn't it clever when you think... I mean, I think that's quite clever. What a, what a clever little virus. Because that's what they are. The Daily Star today. Greece feared to be on the brink of a military coup. Very overdramatic. And uh, trouble torn. The only way is Essex babes. No, they're not. Sam and Billy Fahirs. Yesterday vowed to stay strong after their stepdad was charged over a million-pound gold heist because they don't talk to their father. They were beaten up in a nightclub a short while ago. That's the trouble. You put yourself up on television and people either like you or they don't like you. Justin Bieber's on the front of The Sun this morning. This is after the fan. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's what I would call, in inverted commas, a squeaky clean star, wouldn't he? I mean, you, don't, you wouldn't expect, you know, he, he looks very wholesome... He looks like a nice person. I couldn't sing you any of his songs. I wouldn't have the faintest idea, apart from one that goes, baby, 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 and that's as far as I know. And it, he sings it with this rapper. I think it's a rapper who... Fe- I think that's him. Baby, baby. I think so. Done in a high-pitched voice, because he looks as though nothing's dropped at the moment. And um, he's also an advocate of chastity. I don't know if that's Chastity Bono or anybody else like that. And there's also one of the papers today was saying that... Um, uh, who, who's the Osborne girl? What's her name? What's the, um... She, she's a style icon in America. The Osborne girl, you know, the little... Kelly Osborne is a style icon and a film star. Mind you, they said in one of the papers today that Kelly Brook is filming her latest movie. This from the woman who's been so, so wooden in everything she's ever done. People have always laughed her off the screen. It's just ridiculous. Frankie Cocosa has been hauled before the bosses to face the music. He's just a very silly little boy who can't sing. I don't know why Gary Barlow's sitting there saying he can. 
because he can't. And uh, and David Beckham has been unveiled as the new face of Sainsbury's. I'm, I don't want to be rude, but I'm just getting a teensy weensy bit bored with the Beckhams. No, it's all right, is it for you? You like, yeah. yeah, oh, good old Dave, you know, face of Sainsbury's, because he apparently did something. He's, he's going to front an active kids campaign and promote the sponsorship of the London Paralympic Games. I wonder how much he gets paid for that. He says, I'm looking forward to working with Sainsbury's and help kids have fun. Do you think these people believe that kind of thing? Or do you think they just come up with these little lines? I don't know, I'm still debating whether I buy fireworks for Saturday. I'm, I'm, I can't really get to grips with it. I'm looking at Morrison's, because you can get a 24-piece Dreamland selection box for 35 quid and get a nine-shot barrage two-pack. Bearing in mind, nine shots is not very much, or a ten-rocket pack. I do like a rocket. Should I buy fireworks, or should I watch everybody else's this year? I have a sneaking feeling I'm going to be watching everybody else's this year. That's uh, Christmas dinner for two eighty nine a head. Uh, if you go to Morrison's, you get the whole lot for £28. So, but I'd love to know, perhaps we'll talk about it tomorrow, being Friday, on how much you spend for Christmas, or don't you bother about how much you spend for Christmas. I think we, we probably spend, for our Christmas lunch, one of them, probably about £100, I would think. Steve says, Glenda, frozen sprouts, yuck! Fresh sprouts all the way. I do like the, I can't wait for the little tiny one. They're getting better, the sprouts. I did buy some yesterday. I like the small ones, which is very good. And Claire says, what have they missed out on that thing there? The Yorkshire puddings and the pigs in blankets. You don't put Yorkshire puddings with your Christmas lunch, do you? Uh, 84850. And uh, Stevie Whitney says, you're still modelling yourself on Robert McCullum. Uh, he now, in later life, plays a potty pathologist in NCIS who simply can't stop talking. I know, and long may it continue. It's the only way I get paid nowadays. Mirror, uh, Harry Redknapp, recovering after heart surgery. He's had a couple of stents, for goodness sakes. No big deal. They do it all the time in the hospitals. It's a very standard operation. It's, uh, you know, it's marvellous, and you feel great afterwards, and it works. Listen, that's it for this morning. Nick and the team with you after the news at seven. Go to the LBC website, check out the podcast, please, and download it as quick as possible, lest it vanish before your eyes. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Here's the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up six